A horse is a horse. Of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course, that is, unless, of course, the horse is the talking Mr. Ed, something like that. Today we have Ed, the horse cremator, with us. I'm very excited about this. Who even knew that this was a thing? Me. Me. Me knows. I know. I know now because I learned all about this thing. That is correct. Ed is basically a funeral director for horses and their families. So we are going to learn about that and uh, get to know the process a little bit and um, also see what else we can cremate in these gigantic cremating devices. <laughs> Here we go. From the farm that Johnny Cash called the center of the universe, this is the Jack Vale Podcast. I like Willie and I like Waylon. You want me to ride? You gotta play some George Jones and Conway Twitty. Just keep it country cause I'm here, Billy. Like a little bit of hip hop to give me some man in black. You can kiss my cash. Uh, today we have uh, Ed. Hey, how you doing, Ed? Yeah, really well. Uh, Ed, you you have a um, a really unique. Uh, oh, by the way, hey Max, Max here too. <laughs> nice this is very to cool. Yeah, Mac, <laughs> really appreciate you being here. Mac is my uh, co-host today, and um, hopefully, probably many days. Yes, I would love that. It'd be awesome. Okay, awesome, good. Me too. Um, I, I wanted. Um, I want. I felt like this conversation would be better with a couple of people asking questions because you could probably think of stuff that I wouldn't. I definitely have a different brain than you do. <laughs> to say the <laughs> to least. To say the least. Yeah. So, uh, Ed, part of that is an age thing, maybe. I don't know. A little bit of that, but I also think that you retain information better than I do. Really? Yes. <laughs> wow. Like, and you can research better. Maybe yeah. that's not really like a scale. Maybe that's I like just your boots. It. Thank you. Right? I know. <laughs> Little Georgia boots. <laughs> like, <laughs> did, did we... Re- <laughs> is that good? You're right. It it's a great. totally different shade, though. I don't even know if it counts because it's. I'm like, <laughs> this is my. It is. Yeah, it's true. This is like more of a like a retro '50s kind of totally. look, isn't it? Like yeah. mid-century you go to the or something alley like that. Or pop, yeah, pop. exactly. Yeah. 1955 like kind of thing. Yeah, barbecue um, shirt, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas you guys are just like country legit like i'm going to i had to go to country mac today yeah i'm going to the cash farm i'm gonna look the park <laughs> i gotta start rocking the ropers and wranglers yeah yeah absolutely um ed has a very um unique business something i've never really thought of before and why don't you tell us what it is that you do and then i have like so many questions about it yeah so tennessee horse cremation llc okay is um it's a horse crematorium but the bigger part of what we really do is we go to people's houses and farms and barns to pick up the horses and it's a full service we do the pickup and then do all the processing and then bring the horse back home to the to the owners you take the horse, you remove the horse from where the horse lives. Right. Max already smiling over here. What's, what is what is funny so far? It's just nuts already. I'm like, what the heck is going on? I know there's cremation for humans, but we're getting a cremation for horses. I mean. Yeah. 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 Well, I, for, I mean, the, 
the my customers are the ones whose that horse is really part of their family mm. and it's uh pet cremation over the last 30 years has just blown up so what was going on like before that before this became a thing because this hasn't uh, always been a thing right well i mean when i was a kid if your dog died you buried it or threw it in the trash or whatever but i mean that's what people did oh god right the vet just made it disappear who knows but now cremation is pet cremation listen jack it's not a joke pets are like part no, of no, your family I'm sorry. no i of course you know? i know no i'm yeah. i'm only laughing at your um the throat in the, the trash way. comment no it oh. was even after that or the vet just made it go away <laughs> i'm like oh. <laughs> i mean, whole, i was a kid what there's a whole like know, monster but... like <laughs> the veterinarian clinic that we had um, a pet cemetery from when we moved you know that was yeah you know, oh yeah, yeah 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 no for sure like in uh, we lived in um uh by our house in huntington beach there was a pet cemetery and we always made jokes all the time because we would drive by there and the pet cemetery would be just absolutely filled with the most bright colored mm. beautiful flowers at every grave and then one time i put a meme out there that was like a comparison of that cemetery with a human cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> the human cemetery was completely like dry, like nobody's been there in years. But the pet cemetery, like everybody, 20 years later, people are still going to visit there. But I, I get it, first of all. I totally do get this because, number one, um, a, ho a horse uh, is – this is a big, like, I understand that they have like personalities and it's, and as a dog owner myself, like I, uh, we went through losing our Sasha. That was really tough. German shepherd only got to have her for like five years or something, I think. And she ended up getting a tumor or whatever. And, uh, the kind thing to do is we had to, had to let her go. And that was really rough. And I get it. Cause like I cried for like a week, you know, so you get very attached to animals. Um, yeah, I was just laughing about the the make the dog go away comment because that's probably like back in the day, you you had you just did what you knew to do at that time. There, I mean, a lot of people still bury horses and and really, that's a big hole. Well, it is. Yeah, and so, Tennessee has a lot of rock. Some people j call just because they can't bury a horse because maybe they're boarding, and the boarding facility doesn't want you know twenty or thirty or a hundred horses buried on their property mm. it's not their horse and some people just have all rock so there's different reasons but the majority is the just person that loved their horse so much they just want it like a memorial of their horse to their horse wow there's a um i just saw this the other day that there's like there's another country i don't remember where this was it's in maybe it's in china or something so there's another country where they have like horse graveyards and the custom thing for them to do is like they bury the horse, but it's like horse after horse after like it's a whole mm -hmm. entire horse graveyard. And they had um, they had to take pictures. They had dug this thing so you could see what one actually looks like. And you would just see the remains of horses like in a row. Yeah. So so there's some countries that take it pretty seriously. So how did the how did the cremating horses as a profession, as an actual business, how did that come to light well or become so i'm thing. not i i didn't dream this up yeah I, I was working at my career and i met a guy that owned a horse crematorium and i was just even before that i'll tell you the truth i was 
like 10 years from thinking about my retirement and I just really started seeking the Lord, like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to have two kids in college and I need to do something. And then like seven years into this prayer process, I met this guy and he owned a, owned a horse crematorium. I almost fell over. I'm like, what? A horse crematorium? So anyway, we hit it off enough where I asked him, I said, listen, I will be your unpaid apprentice if you'll apprentice me. Mm. I worked for him for five years, part-time uh -huh. apprenticeship, and just really learned so much. And what I learned is this job, it's about the people. Mm. That's not a sales-like cliche. It really is. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Just running the machine and stuff like that. So what, what, how did you go from, <laughs> from being curious about it? I, I imagine that when you first heard that it was a thing, you had never thought about it before? Oh, When, when you no, met this guy? Not, not at all. Wait, and what was the, okay. the prayer you were praying for seven years? It's a long time. Were you praying for something like in particular? Like how did you no, know that was the answer? No, not at all. Mac, so listen, I was just seeking the Lord on what to do with my life. So I was a police officer for 30 years, and when you're in that job you know like when you're eligible to retire and so i knew like my retirement was coming i i could predict the day 20 years ahead of time and so i was just asking the lord like what to do it i wasn't like on my knees for five hours a day but just as it came to me all the time just like really thanking the lord that he was going to show me just more being huh. in a <laughs> thankful idea that lord i know you're going to show me what what i should be doing and, and what i can do for for the next step and you knew when you met this guy instantly really oh, wow really i didn't hear anything out loud but in my spirit i knew instantly the lord said to me this is for you if you want to do it i'm getting a little shivery that's wow. crazy yeah wow because it, it was a lot of a, i i intuitively knew it was gonna be a lot of work to set it up and start a business and whatever. But what was it about what you learned from this guy or, or hearing about this? Do you think that, I mean, was it just randomly like you, you, you felt God speak to you about it or was there a genuine like point of interest where you thought that sounds interesting to me? No, it was the first thing you said, like, I just knew in my spirit instantly, the Lord just said, if you want to do this, this is free. This is what I have for you, son. Wow. Yeah. It was like, I heard like a 10 minute speech in like a second where the Lord was just like, you've been faithful to me for years and this is for you. I mean, listen, it sounds wow. a little weird if you don't understand, but I was sincerely seeking the Lord and he just gave me this opportunity. How long did it take you to go from that point to, to get to like where you're actually starting your own business? Well, because of COVID, it was like a five-year process. Oh, okay. But I like was from that moment, I like came home, I told my wife, I'm like, I figure out what I'm going to do. And of mm. course, <laughs> it's funny now, I'm just in my 13th month being open. Mm. And now I'm finding out friends from home where we move from. This uh -huh. is, Tennessee is my home now. Yeah. I like to say you can't help where you're born, but you could choose where you're going to live. And I am <laughs> yeah. like... All in orange. I'm just so enjoying it down here. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. And so, 
I'm so, finding out now, like friends at home that never said anything to me, but they're like, what? That's not going to happen. <laughs> How are you going to do that? People, yeah. Yeah. You got like, I was the only one yeah. that like had the vision. Where are you from? Connecticut. Connecticut's yeah. where, where you uh, were a cop or a police officer? Well, so I was in the city for 10 years okay. in West Hartford, but uh-huh. then I was a fish and game warden for 20 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So wow. that was... Uh, that's a dream job. Fish and it was game mine. Work? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's what, when I was in high school, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And really? I took the route to figure out how to get there. Top chain. There's like Texas Rangers and then there's game wardens. Yeah. 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 Wow. So the game warden thing, was that the last 20 years of Correct. your 30 year? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So that was a fun job. If you want to, yeah. I could talk about black bears for like two more hours. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Did you know anything about horses when this became uh, no. an option for you? No. no. What I, I know about is people. That's a big deal. You just got to know yeah. how big they are probably to get into this line of work, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, as far as their size or the only experience I had before I started my apprenticeship was dealing with like moose or elk or something like that. But mm-hmm. that's really not... Th- if you know people, then that's mm. this is what the job is. It's people. Mm. Yeah. Do you what's it like when you so uh, family? I, I'm assuming there's still a lot of families who like they lose a horse and then they 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 they, they um what's the word? Uh, this doesn't sound insensitive. Like they they. They need to find a way to dispose. How to hand, How do they well, handle the gr- situation? They're grieving through the process, but, yeah, but they, they also have, to, have a big problem to deal with. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So normally, if they don't have you, uh, or even think of it as being an option, what do they do? They dig a hole. Here's your right? options in Tennessee: if your if your horse or cow or large animal dies, depending, it, there's like 12 counties in Middle Tennessee that if you can get it out by the front road, they'll come and pick it up and take yeah. it to the landfill. Yeah, I so that's how I grew up um, in uh, kind of in the country, a little bit in California for a long time when I was a kid. And my grandma and grandpa had some property out in Northern California and um, they had cattle. And so a cow would die. And then I remember being there with him one time and he had to like go and and I think he pushed it or picked it up with like a, a some kind of tractor or something, brought it to the road, left it there, and then somebody came and just took it away. But as a kid, like I never knew what they did with it. I just knew it was there, and then now it's not there. But I didn't really right. understand. Right, it just it. so that's what they did. They took, would take it to the landfill. That's an option. Uh-huh. You can bury a horse. Maybe not in every county. There could be counties that you can't. Where I came from up north, like Massachusetts, you can't bury a horse. Long Island, you can't bury a horse. So then what do they do? Well, they call the horse cream. They go to the. Oh, okay. And why can't they bury the horse? Uh, okay, so the thought is, and I don't know the scientific of it, but that the drugs used in euthanizing a horse can leach in the water system oh. Is, oh. Is, it, that's what i was told so whether it's right or wrong um okay here's a here's a question i have for you so um is this strictly okay horse crematorium is it strictly horses or i would think there were people there are people who are attached to their bull or uh, you know another ant, large animal? Can they? Would they call you as well? And yes. you can. So okay. we we can. The crematorium doesn't care what's in it, uh-huh. but the crematorium it's huge. You, I, I 
What does it look like? Uh, it's like a giant cylinder, let's say. Oh. But it's like six feet tall. So it, I get calls from s potential customers that have a sheep or a goat or a pig or whatever. And I'm happy to do it, but I just explain to them, listen, the cost of just turning on the machine you know, you're probably better served finding like a dog crematorium. You buy pet crematoriums according to the pounds that it can hold. Mm. And so my machine is for 3,000 pounds. So every every single horse just, when it leaves the farm, it goes in just like that. Mm. And so I can tell you through the years where I did my apprenticeship, we did an ox, we did a couple bulls, we've done llamas and sheep and anything things anything any animals other than horses since you've been doing it as a business uh so just i i, I did my little dog uh-huh oh what your dog died just in april oh really? our, our little one yeah oh. not the bulldog but the, and so you used the, the facility interior. for that yeah i just no felt way. like i had to boston yeah. terrier yeah i have one of those oh yeah yeah great dog they are they're they're spunky little guys so yeah, it was his time. Um, was that hard to do your own animal? Well, as opposed to like most people would take it to whatever, I'm a, and I, you know, I, I, I'm a little. I probably shouldn't say this, but out of think of how many dogs you've had in your life. Like I've had maybe ten dogs. Wow. Uh -huh. One of them has to be your least favorite dog. <laughs> Like, it ha that's statistical, Jack. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. I was, I swear, I thought when you first started talking, when you first started talking, I was like, I, maybe I just touched a soft spot. That's what I thought. about to shed a tear. <laughs> no, you wished. Yeah, yeah, I do kind of no, wish. If yeah. you were talking about Gunner, maybe, or, or Bo, or mm -hmm. someone else, but Jack, mm -hmm. it was Jack yeah. was a... You know, he was Jack he, was his name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He he was a good dog, but it was time. It was his time, etc. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's okay. your, otherwise I've just done mini horses, donkeys, ponies, and horses. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Where are where's Jack's uh, ashes now? Well, they're still sitting on the counter at home. We we're gonna bury him at home, and we just, like just I was waiting for like my daughter, my one daughter that lives in North Carolina, to come home and have like a family oh. uh, service or something so this so jack is special to your daughter well you know he was one of our dogs i didn't not like him all I, yeah you know he was just your least favorite that's all maybe <laughs> you know <laughs> have you ever had a least favorite animal mac i've loved all of my dogs the same <laughs> even the bad ones to be honest i would imagine that's like kids but I don't know. Do you have like a favorite? Do y'all have favorite kids? No offense. No, you can't. You can't. Have you know what? Kids. I, I will say that, um, yeah, for me, like I mentioned that we had to let Sasha go. That was really hard. And at the time, I thought, oh my gosh, you know, this is, ter this is terrible. It was a terrible feeling. Uh, but for, what for whatever reason, I do know that you become more attached to certain animals. And I'm telling you guys right now, like, if it was hard for me, Jake's nodding his head. I, I don't know if you feel the same way, Jake, but for me personally, because I've spent so much time with him, uh, we have a dog, uh, Archie. You know Archie. Yeah. Uh, sheep a doodle. Um, I would, I don't know what I did. That dog, like every day, I pray to God, please don't let this dog die. <laughs> I don't know what I would do if that dog died. Um, I'm just more 
Uh, I was, and again, it's weird because I was attached to Sasha. Like I was very beautiful, wonderful dog, but I do know what it's like to to grow emotionally uh, more attached to certain animals for whatever reason. Archie seems more uh, like human to me. So, you know, I'll, I'll segue into one thing that as a non-horse owner, you, I could kind of maybe draw a picture for you. Yeah. As much as you, you know, love your dog, you could really. You know, let's say you're really busy for a week. You could just kind of come in and out. As long as you fed him, he really didn't care. He mm. sleeps all day. And as soon as you're ready, he'll be like, oh, Jack, you're back. Good. Let's go play. But horses, the uh, they need so much care. Yeah. And people that have horses, they spend so much more, like, let's say, interpersonal time with them than yeah. you do with your dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of the bond. Plus, they're like majestic and just kind of, but oh. they do have different personalities, 100%. I know, man. Chris and um, my son, Chris, and daughter in law, Shanoa, they, they went to. Um, it's me. Oh, it's, it's, it's hoping it stops. I just keep. I don't know. I, I, the I hear the phone. I know. It's probably a customer, but we'll. Beep, beep. Um. <laughs> Nobody right? would have I've been like Jack. It's me. What? It's me. Yeah. Um golly. Yeah. Anyway, Chris and Chanel lived in in um this place out in the country and right across the fence with these horses and we would go and like feed them carrots, right? And, you know, apples and stuff. There's something about this mid like you said, majestic, like this big, beautiful face with these big old like eyeballs looking at you. You're very you become attached to a horse. I totally get it. I totally get it. We had a farm near where we moved from, just a mile up the street. And so I'd, a couple times a week, really, we'd walk down with the girls and feed the horses and stuff. And mm. um, we we had a carrot farm, too. So we oh, always had lots of carrots. Perfect. And, horses and a carrot farm. Yeah. That's what you need. Right. Let me ask this, Ed. So what? Yeah. why? So I've when I've lost family, whatever it may be, we do burial and I've never even like, I've known people do the cremation process, but like, what's the difference? Like, do you feel more closure in a burial or a cremation? Does that make sense? Like, I feel like it's just odd to me. It's odd. Cause I've never right. had a family member or animal be cremated. But like, once you cremate someone and then people put it in like a jar sometimes right. or spread the ashes. Right. What's uh, listen, Mac, you know, I think it's really personal and I don't know. Because I was talking to my wife this week, like, you know, just about, like, whenever I die, I really don't care. If you cremate me, bury me, spread the ashes, just don't carry me around for the next 50 years. Like, let it go. But huh. that's, like, I don't know. Where do you think your family is with that? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't As I don't far know as hanging any, on to somebody's ashes. Yeah, I, I, I would... I, maybe I need to just tell the kids like, bury me or spread my ashes. Yeah, you know. I don't think I. I don't think I've ever cared what happens to me either. What like, have, uh, as what far, have family I, members for y'all done in the past? Have y'all like cremated or has it been burial? Well, I can only think of one family member that that was cremated. Mostly everyone's buried. What about you? All buried. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not a proponent or anti opponent whatever it is to cremation I, um you got the whole setup though and everything like on this 
Like you didn't you didn't you get like some property or something? You put the contraption there and everything that you need. Right? Oh, this is a big deal, Jack. Yeah, yeah, building yeah, yeah. this. Yeah, I remember. Like yeah. you were still like pretty much in the early stages when you first started talking to me about it. Um, how how many how many cremations would you say that you've done since your business started? Just roughly maybe 150. 150, Ed. Yeah, it's a lot of bodies. I, dude. That's incredible. I mean, it's yeah. incredible to me because I remember when we first started talking about this. Like it was, I was talking literally before just I opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I opened October first in twenty two, and it's just been steadily growing. Okay, so let yeah. me talk to you about the the like. This is really a. Uh, it's you're in the people business. That's right. Like I mean, I, right. like you said, like it sounds cheesy or cliche or whatever, but but literally, like because people become so emotionally attached to their animals. You, you you have to be a people person on some level, right? And and know how to respond to their grief and stuff like that. Are you ever in a situation where like you go and you have to deal with people and and people are just torn up and you know they're torn up? That's probably half or the majority, more than half. Yeah. Man. It's a lot of emotions. Wow. Yes. Uh from whoever's whoever's there. And for me personally, it's I get like that little tug in your heartstrings when it's a young horse. Mm. You know, I've had a few recently, eight year old horse, 12 year old horse, and it's just mm. you could see they're like a healthy horse, except they have whatever the issue is. You know, is it always a is it always a health thing or is there ever like some kind of a I don't know what it would be, but some crazy like accident or something like that? Uh, well, I suppose it could be. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. 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 But it's usually a health like there's something wrong. Yeah. And, well, and there's a lot of them that are just getting old, uh -huh. but they're, you know, fine until um, until they're not or they get sick or, you know, it's like anything that gets old. Horses are very, um, they have a lot of issues that are challenging to deal with, digestive issues and their hoof issues. And some of them are just, there's no coming back from. Mm. And when they die, so the horse dies and someone has to just leave it where it is dead. And then it's just sitting there for a couple of days, or do they no. call you immediately, or what? Like, Matt, come on! This I'm is just like well, a class thing, A the business. The thing that I'm still stuck on is the yeah. fact that you said one of the options is leaving it out by the road. Does it just sit out there oh. for a couple of days? Well, yeah, in that case, it that's does. and like birds yeah. and stuff don't get to it. Well, it does. That's do. great. How do you drive? I mean, you either got to cremate or bury. In my opinion, you can't be leaving that yeah, thing out it, by the road. Yeah, but yeah. I would think it takes time to like when that happens. Probably they're. I would think that some families aren't prepared for it, so they don't really know what to do. So it's going to take a little bit of time, right? Yes. I, yeah. So we have a goal to get to everybody in the day you call. Oh. And um, it makes for some long days. Like uh -huh. week before last, I had to go to Memphis in the morning. Wow. And then I had two, two more calls came in throughout the day. So I ended up in Franklin and then ended up in Lebanon. It was a 16-hour day for me. Wow. And I was kind of happy there wasn't a fourth call. It would be, but we try to get to everybody. This is the best case scenario, and this is what happens maybe half the time. People know that they're going to be euthanizing their horse because they've been dealing with it, trying to get oh. it healthy. And so they call 
and schedule with their vet and schedule with me and I'll come next Wednesday at 10 a.m. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And euthanizing is like the process of killing the horse? The, well, yeah. The, you know, the vet gives it the shot and everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, okay, does the horse just die or do they, so they schedule it best case. You come and pick it up. And what's the pickup process? Who do you, how many people are with you? How do y'all get the horse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about that. Like, like, what, what is the process like? Because that I, I've thought about that often, actually, because that's got to be that's tough, you know, I, and it's like it's the same thing with uh, with um, somebody in your family, you know, passes away. The people have to come to the house mm-hmm. and they have to take the body away. And that's like the maybe part of the, like the worst part of it is watching that person that you love leave and what that process is like. So do you have to be like careful with so it's not all you know what i mean like absolutely i know exactly what you mean yeah yeah so we have um i i just my apprentice was great and he just had a really good system that i've just copied Mm, mm, so we mm. don't have to drag any horses okay and so wherever the horse is down we can get it into this harness that we have and then we have a custom trailer that picks a horse up off the ground and it gets set down in the trailer you have some kind of a respectful like way of doing it so it's not hard harder for the families to watch that's right and the families watching it usually when you do it or they just Uh, most of the time i would say most of the time yeah yeah most of the and then when you have because you said one day you had to get you know multiple horses in one day are you putting them all in the same truck oh so let me just clarify for you mac every horse is cremated by itself individually but you pick them up so yeah so we just run by the shop get that one started get the next one and then we have uh like a refrigerated cold storage unit if we if we had to you know put one in but if if we had two horses a day it's just by the time you get the second one the first one's ready to come out and do you think that makes it like you lost your dog and you had to cremate your dog before that? I'm sure you cremated horses. Do you think being around the cremation process so long before that, it made you like less sad? Or do you like, cause that, I just can't imagine myself working in a place like a funeral home or cremation center or cremation place, whatever you, whatever the name is. Sorry, I'm, I'm yeah. not the smartest, but uh, a cremation place. I can't imagine seeing that process over and over and over again. Like it's got to be, is it not like mental? It does not do anything to you mentally. Well, so Mac, it's kind of, I don't know how it worked out this way in my life. I worked at a funeral home for a few years, part-time when I was in my younger years, like what, 18, what made 19, you want to do 20. that? Uh, I was on the volunteer fire department. Okay. And one of the firemen owned a funeral home. And so he always needed help. So I worked with him. And then um, just, I don't know if you get immune to it. Through 30 years being a police officer, I've dealt with so much just like tragedy and death. And you just find a certain place inside you to keep it. Like I could tell you really funny and amusing stories over a 30 year career. And then I have a whole nother group of stories that just aren't, really aren't suitable to tell anybody. I don't even think about them. Mm. So I think I, I put certain things in that little space. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being a counselor. I feel like, like you have to see all that like death 
or like that sadness. And then also the process of seeing all these families over and over again. Like, I don't know. It's just like the, the idea of death to me is a crazy, I think it's wild to everybody, but you're around it a bunch. That's true. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know where I'm going, so I don't, I don't put any thought into it for me or mine. Where do you think the horses are going? I, I think there's probably a special place in heaven for horses. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't there be? Yeah. All animals, do you think, or just, or I, like specific? Well, I don't know. Why not? They're all God's creatures. Yeah. I've always wondered that, right? dude. Haven't you ever wondered that? I thought like about it? that. That's Especially crazy. when you lose your dog or something, right? you start going, I wonder, you Imagine know. Imagine if you got all your dogs back at once, though. Oh, dude, that'd be so much happiness <laughs> just in that. Could you imagine? That'd be amazing. You'd have a pack of hounds. Just a heaven full of horses and bunch of white clouds, dogs. and you see your dog just going through the clouds, <laughs> running towards you. The gates <laughs> open right, wide; they're right? just coming. Yeah, ears <laughs> flapping, Dude, yeah. and they're better too. They're well trained. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Could could you use your um, facility for? Uh, you said you could use it for like a variety of like different animals and stuff like that. Is it, is there like a certain permit you would have to have to, to use the facility for humans? Oh, probably. I don't know anything about it. Uh, I would imagine there have to be. Yeah. That's gotta uh, be something totally be separate. Yeah. 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 I remember, uh, this is as close as I've, I, so I, I did, um, I did a, a couple of prank videos with, uh, around a funeral home. And um, there was this guy in uh, Southern California, and he owned a, a funeral home. And anyway, he, you know, he was a fan and stuff. And he was just like, oh, you should do something with a casket. Remember, Jake, when we had the— He we, wanted you to. This yeah, is too far. And we had a—I know. <laughs> we, had a, we had a casket delivered to the house, and he came in a hearse. <laughs> and our neighbors were like what the you know somebody died or you know and uh i'll never forget that day that hearse you know pulled up and he was just delivering a casket because i'm like look i got an idea <clears throat> so he was going to drop off the casket to us for a few days so that we could use it in the garage and then we had we put somebody in the casket you know and and opened the top and and did this whole thing so that when the bug guy came to spray the garage he would go to the garage and be like whoa you know and uh, and we just pranked people like that. We had a realtor come and all these people for different reasons, and it was so much fun. And then uh, and it was fun. there's a, there's I don't know there's always been like a little bit of a kind of a natural curiosity that we all kind of have about um, death. And I think that's why for years, um, you know, there's even even if you go back to like the 50s and 60s, like even candid camera and shows like that were like doing pranks pertaining to like caskets you see people taking one out of a hearse in a public spot right and then and then they drop it and some, <laughs> yeah. something falls you know and so this stuff has been going on forever and so it was really no different than that um but after we did that we had returned the casket made the video and then i went to the funeral director's um place of business and we went and he had like this warehouse in the back of like where the chapel was and I went back there and we were talking about the plan and what we were going to do on this particular day. And here's how the prank's going to work, blah, blah, blah. And I had a little form for him to sign. As I'm standing back there in the in the um, the workspace in the back of the chapel, in comes a, um, it wasn't a hearse. It was like a some kind of a, uh, like a van or something like that. 
And the van comes in, drives in. I see the garage door goes up. The van comes in. Me and the funeral director are just talking, having a conversation about business. Here comes the van. Uh, Ed, like a couple feet from where I'm standing, <clears throat> a couple of guys get out of the van. They go to the back, open the doors. They roll this thing out, this cart, you know, gurney or whatever. And the thing rolls right next to where we're standing. There's a body bag there on a table. I'm trying not to say anything. I'm like, this guy hasn't said one single thing about it. He hasn't even acknowledged these people because to him, it's just every day, no big deal. This happens all the time. I'm trying to focus on our conversation. Meanwhile, there's like somebody right here next to us in a body bag right next to us. I'm like, this is real. I don't know what to do. And so he sees the look on my face. And so he feels like he has to comment something. So he just looks at, he just kind of goes, ah, it's Mrs. Sims. And he keeps the conversation going. I'm like, you're on a, you're on like a name basis with this person. <laughs> like they just got off the van, but he knew, he knew they were going to get her, whatever. It was just like an everyday regular thing. This happens all the time, many times a day. Um, and I just remember feeling like this is so, so weird. Like to us who don't know anything about it, it's weird. I want to learn more about it and understand it a little bit better. But anyway, yeah, that's my story about Mrs. Sims. <laughs> Mrs. R.I.P. Mrs. Sims, you're out there. Mrs. Sims, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, not the if you're out there. Sorry, just R.I.P. She's um, definitely not out there, my friend. But <laughs> yeah. Her whole family is probably, and they'll see this. <laughs> I, hope she, I know she's probably a good woman. Um, <laughs> she seemed like it when I met her. <laughs> okay. She's very quiet. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> yeah, please God, forgive us, forgive us all. Oh, Larry, here. the cable guy, shout um, out. Ed, so I want to mm. go back to this cremation process. Still have some unanswered questions. So, okay, so horse passes away. Yeah, you go pick it up in the harness, put it in the car truck, right? Yeah, the tra trailer. Trailer. Yeah. Put it in the trailer. You take it back to the place, and then. You're putting it in this machine. What does this machine even look like? Is it like I imagine it just yeah. this big box? Yeah. What does it look like? What does it? And do? How does it work? Like, is yeah. it just flames? Like, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, when we get back, that we we have a uh, the the horse is in a sled in the trailer, and so with the forklift, we just lift it out and of the trailer and set it on the floor because we have to take the shoes off. If it's wearing shoes, probably only maybe 30, 40% of horses wear shoes. What do you mean by shoes? Horseshoes. Oh, okay. Horseshoes. I was thinking, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, because we uh, clean the shoes up and they're part of what the customer gets back. Okay. Yeah. So, well, let me start even back from that. At this, usually at the person's, you know, let's just say farm, we cut off a piece of the tail. A lot of people want, they're going to. What do they do with the tail? they make there's a lot of uh uh they make hat bands and jewelry and some people just save it it's like a little memento like they used to cut people's hair that used to be a thing okay uh or a piece of the mane they cut the tail tail or you mean like they shave the hair for the well the so a horse's tail has like maybe 10 inches of bone and then you know three feet of hair so we don't cut the bone I see. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. Okay. So we just right. throw a ponytail on it, cut the tail off. Oh. Yeah. It's uh people do it's a it's just a nice remembrance. Yep. Or they there's a if you looked online, you'd see there's a lot of jewelry they make, necklaces and bracelets and things like that too. I, I actually did not I don't think I knew that people cut the deceased people 
hair. That used to be a, like a really, really popular thing. And just like keep uh-huh. it in something like as a memento or yeah, something like a that. A locket or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so after we get the shoes off, we have to weigh the horse because the, the crematorium runs according to the weight. Okay. So we weigh the horse and then it just gets placed right inside the crematorium what is it a mm. box oh so it's uh it's a cylinder like okay that's what you said yeah. cylinder so it's like you could you even could probably stand up in it i oh, certainly wow. can it's like maybe it's probably just say it's about six foot round inside okay. yeah and then i mean the walls on this thing are like nine inches thick of what they call uh refractory so like the door is huge, it's really heavy. But anyway, once you close the door, then the machine is computerized. You just program it for how many hours according to the weight. Oh, so it takes like a long time. It's not like because what I imagine is it's just like whoosh, and then no, it's like, no, it takes between say five and eight hours. Oh wow, depending on the. Horse. And so then you open it, and it's just this pile of ash. <clears throat> then what do you do? Well, so there's. There's a lot of bones, and so there's a, a processing machine that we have that it's the same thing with people. Um, they just say, like, make everything into ash, take whatever. The only thing left is bones and ash. Okay. And so the bones just get kind of compacted down, ground up, crushed up, whatever, however the process is. And then, like, the ashes, they, they ground the bones up, ashes and the bones are completely separate. No, they're all. That's oh, that's they're the whole the product. Part of it. Yeah. So you're when you're done with a horse, average, let's say there's forty pounds, and so what we do is we package them in velvet bags, and they're about the size of a one pound bag of coffee. And a horse might have, uh, depending on the size of the horse, five or six or seven of those bags. Could be more or less. And then if people want an urn, then we put them in the urn. If they have shoes, polished shoes, we put them inside. If we have the tail instead of the owner having kept it, we, you know, put the tail in, like brush it out and clean what it. What is an put urn? Nice. Uh, well, you know, like an urn for a person is like the vase or okay. whatever you call it. But our urns, they're custom made in Tennessee. They're solid wood. They look like what's called a tack trunk in every barn you have a box at the end of your stall where you keep all your stuff like your helmet and saddle pads and stuff like that so uh they look like a tack trunk they have brass buckles in fact i have one in the truck but uh, how big how, how big yeah could you go get it yeah, after we're done maybe yeah, i'd like maybe to see that done, you, yeah. Yeah. yeah well yeah it's, i mean i'm you can come out and see it it's it's like okay. 50 pounds i don't want to oh Oh, no kidding. Carried 50 pounds. Because I was thinking it was like a little, you know. It's No, it's, it's you know, it's it's a, it's big. Anyway, then we, you know, return the horse home. Does everyone want the horse to be returned? Or is some people, do they just uh, do it to get it out of the way? Yeah, I was gonna ask like that too. 98% of people want their horse back. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. A very few people don't. And then we, we there's a, uh, some known places where there's a lot of trail rides and stuff. So we spread the ashes and like a place with a bunch of horses oh wow and just you know as a just commemorative to the horse interesting and you still because i'm obviously you had that the crazy story about the praying like prayer you find it comes up and you're like this is my thing 
do you still love each and every day of what you do? Do you still feel passionate about Oh, my gosh. About- I thank the Lord for my business every day and for every customer. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And you feel like you touch them. So when you, the people, when you go to pick up the horse, do you feel like, obviously, you said, again, it was a people, it's a lot of a people thing. Yeah. So when you go there, are you comforting these people a lot of times? Do you know, like, you saying the right things? Or you, you know what I mean? Yes. I do. And yes, the answer is yes. So we have, uh, I have like four corporate rules for our company. One is no one gets hurt. Two is nothing gets broken. And rule number three is we only give five-star service. So Mm. it's just, um, what's number four? Um, just that uh, I gotta think about what number four is. <laughs> it's the most important one. Matt. <laughs> four. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have to remember what number four is. I haven't written the bylaws yet. So, <laughs> you ever showed up at somebody's house and it wasn't it wasn't gone yet? Oh yeah, half the time. Huh? Really? Yeah. We. If the vet's coming at 10, I, I'm there like five of 10 to help the vet or, yeah. To help the, you're kidding. No. I'm surprised I didn't ask that question earlier. That's fascinating. So you, you oh, show that's up a lot my of the preferred, time. Yeah, definitely. If I could get this business where everyone was on a schedule, which uh-huh. is never going to happen, but uh-huh. that that that's like why I had my scheduling conflict because I'm going to Birmingham tomorrow uh-huh. at okay. 10 okay. to meet a customer because the vet's going to be there yeah oh Oh, i see yeah we want the owner to just wow they're there with their horse at the end but we don't want the horse lying around for a long time yeah Yeah, right right i for some reason i just i envisioned like these families like oh no my horse died what do we do make a phone call so a lot of these you said like maybe half the time or so it's planned out Mm -hmm. so that you're able to be there and so are you there with the veterinarian as the horse passes? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the vet's when job. When they have to do that. Yeah, yeah, I just I know, offer right. whatever. Oh. It, it, most vets, they don't need any help. They're very good at what they do. But I help out a, a little bit or just, mm. yep. Uh, mm. so, oh, that's, that's, oh, man. Then that's really got to be a tough thing to watch. You got these families who are like probably there watching it too, right? Yeah. Oh, and my the vet, gosh. how does the, the process look? The vet comes in. That's got to be a hard job to be able to put down a living animal in front of the morning family. Do you, are they doing like a shot? They do like a little, they put a shot in it and then it just goes. Like, how does that? Yeah. So most of the time, um, and the horse gets a little um, like uh, a shot before the shot. What do you call it? Um, like a numbing shot or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know what you're talking about. They did that to Sasha. They do a shot first that kind of makes it relax. Yeah, they just calm down to the horses, just, you know, calm down. And then, yeah, the final shot is quick. And it lasts. What's the timeline? So they they put the shot in, the horse's eyes are open and stuff, and then it just... It's just quick. I mean, I don't know, seconds. Oh, wow. 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 15 seconds. It's usually quick. So and then it's the vet's job to um, to decipher when the horse uh, the horse's heart stops beating. Oh yeah, yeah. The vet yeah. stays and and monitors that. And, yeah. Yep. Make sure yeah. that everything is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then that's when we would you know take 
the tail or mane or forelock or whatever. And, you know, it's different customers. They have flowers on their horse and it's a big deal, especially people that are planning it. You know, I, a lot of what happens with horses is they make it through a winter and you're like, ah, oh, this is a really tough winter for my horse. And in the mm. spring, you're like, well, we made it through, but the customers know the people know that they're going to end up euthanizing this horse before the next winter. Like mm. it just is too old and weak to I see. go through it again. So they've had, you know, six or seven or eight or nine months to know that this is coming. Did you ever meet anybody um, that have you ever encountered anybody that you like kept in touch with after the horse left? Um, I've had a number of customers that have called me for a second horse, mm. but outside of that, n not more than just like a couple of weeks mm -hmm. of, you know, I get the horse back to him and, you know, we have some texting back and forth, but not a lot. I, I do a few shows uh, where I'll, I'll see past customers Mm -hmm. like over at Miller in Murfreesboro. You'll they do a show? Yeah, I was about to say, what do you mean? Uh, you know, set up a booth, just oh. informational. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Do you, do you bring like samples of like what? Um, we bring an urn and, and uh -huh. a lot of pictures. Okay. Yeah, just to show show how the process is. Wow. That's incredible. It's nuts. It's, it's, a, it's, it is very unique. Yeah. Yeah. And you said most people hear about Tennessee cremation. Did I say it? Cremation? Tennessee horse cremation. cremation. Yeah. Tennessee yeah. horse cremation. Yeah. They hear about it word of mouth. Uh, mostly. Uh, the, well, a lot of my customers are referrals from veterinarians. So you work with like some of the vets and they know yep. that you're the group they call. Do you have any competitors out there? Uh, currently, no, I do not. Wow. No. Uh, there was a well-established guy. Talk about the Lord's timing in everything. Uh, there was a well-established guy in Middle Tennessee, and he they retired, a husband and wife, um, like about four months before I opened. And my phone started ringing, like, because I was advertising before I opened. And veterinarian offices were calling, like, when are you opening? And, yeah, it's... Uh, it's our market to take care of. We travel though, like I've been to Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky. Um, so we're on the road a lot. And you've been in business for 13 months? Yes, right? 13 months and 85,000 miles. Wow. It's crazy. It's kind of crazy how like that whole, how it all started, how like God spoke to you so this is what you need to do and you do it and, you, and these people retired you like don't have any competitive like it's crazy just like you found there, there's an area here that had a need and um you're 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 the guy yes yeah and your name's ed too which is i don't know if you've ever seen uh mr ed but that's a pretty cool the tv show I've remember that mac it. mac doesn't remember you've never mr seen ed it. Oh, I thought y'all were joking for a second. I've never seen a show called Mr. Ed. Oh. It is a theme song. Do you look like that, Ed, at all? No. no. Okay. Ed it, okay, Ed is, Ed Ed is, is the horse. horse. Oh. Yeah, horse. Mr. Yeah. Ed is I the mean, guy's... Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Wait, so Ed is a horse in this TV show? In the yes, TV show, yes, Mr. Ed. And your name is Ed, and you're doing... It's a talking horse. horse. It's an old it's, black and white TV show. A horse is a horse, of course, of course. And no one can talk to a horse, of course, unless... 
of course, that horse is the famous talking Mr. Ed. Right, which yeah, has nothing like to do that. with me. So. Well, <laughs> I know. Well, I, it's just, yeah. Your name just happens to be Ed. That's See, all. I knew you're this would turn into some and... kind of joke fest, Jack. And I, no, you know? it's not. It's okay. not. But that's why I had Matt, because I knew he'd ask like, some legitimate questions. <laughs> okay. But that was kind of funny, too. Some of his questions were pretty funny, too. Like, I'm still <laughs> thinking about the visual of a, uh, of a horse with shoes. <laughs> I know. Like, I will guy, say that was I'm a little bit of a brain these fart. Converse, I know there's horse shoes. Like, what do you mean shoes? I know. I did, and it's weird because I had that same. Like I've seen a horse. I've yeah. seen the hooves and the horseshoes. Played the game horseshoes, all that. And I've and, and the thing I was thinking about is like, holy cow! Like I seriously was thinking about like, do they have like little like stockings on? And I'm like, okay, horseshoes. Like why well, didn't even think right, about that? Right, you know? right. Yeah, right. Yeah, shoes on a horse. Back to what Jack was saying. I'm fascinated by that. Your whole story as well. Like it's just. It's a cool thing. I mean, as a faithful person myself, like to hear that you, it's it's a long period of time. You're you're thanking God for a lot of things before they're even happening, yeah. which I see people talk about at times, yeah. and then it comes. And I've never before Jack even told me. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, we're gonna be talking to Ed, and I'm like, what even is horse cremation? I've never even heard of it. I don't know what it is, and you're out here doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are that way too. I, I felt the same way. Like, so it's funny because like how you felt when I explained it to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Is the same way that Ed felt when he heard about it for the first time. That's right. And that's the same way I felt about it when Ed explained it to me. That's right. It was like, what you doing? What are you talking about? I didn't I I don't know that I ever even envisioned what the process was like nor did I really ask any questions about it. So to know that not only this is what you normally would do without this service, but this is an additional service because people are connected to their animals mm -hmm. and it all kind of makes sense. It's fascinating, man. And what is the biggest thing? So obviously there's had to have been, you know, difficult times running the business. What's your, what's the thing you think that you've learned the most throughout the process? Um, okay. So it has nothing to do with horses. It's just learning how to listen to the Lord. I, I was driving back and forth to Middle Tennessee during that five-year period. And I mean, there were times when things were just so difficult. I, I didn't know how I was going to get this done. And I'm like crying in my hotel room, just like thinking if I'm just making the wrong decision. And um, just when you when you hear from the Lord, you need to know it. And that gives you the strength to go on to know that well this was the lord's idea so i'm sure he has a plan how do you know so one of my one of the challenging things for me i'm sure you've gone encountered this too jack but like for me sometimes i pray and then i think and it's like okay this is what there's a combination sometimes i think it's maybe what i want that i'm like putting in my conscious and sometimes like how did you decipher what the lord really wanted for you and what you wanted for yourself. That's Does that make question. sense? That's a great question. Yeah. Like, how did you know that? Because I think a lot of people, myself included, like, I really struggle with this is what God wants me to do, or this is what I want okay, to do. Okay, so we'll switch to a Bible lesson for a minute then, right? <laughs> and really, it's you have to be in the Word, reading the Word for yourself, and standing on Scriptures. And if you know that... <clears throat> the promises of Abraham are yours, that the cattle of a thousand hills are yours, that <clears throat> you're above and not beneath, you're first and not last, you're blessing the city and blessing the country, and you get onto some scriptures that are promises to you, Mac, and once you understand that those are for you, then, in my opinion, what's worked for me, 
then when I'm standing on those scriptures, then I just get in a, a, a time of thankfulness. Lord, thank you. I know that you love me above everything. I know that I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the country. I know that uh, I'm an heir according to the promises. Uh, I'm heir according to the promises for Abraham through Christ Jesus. And when you know that, then you have something to stand on, and then you can be thankful. Lord, I don't know how you're going to work this out or what is in my future, but I thank you that you, you knew me in my mother's womb and that you have a plan for me. The foundation is the Scriptures, and then thankfulness is like the, what turned it on for me. It's crazy. So it's easier, you're kind of saying that it's easier to hear and understand when you know it that something is from the Lord because of that. It was for me. Yeah. You know, if you're talking to God a lot, then you know what his voice sounds like. You know, if I don't talk to you, Jack, for 10 years and you call me, I'd be like, wait, who is this again? But if you are talking to the Lord every day, you learn his voice. I don't want to just end end the show right there. Yeah. That's pretty pro. That's pretty good. That's thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, <clears throat> Tennessee Horse Cremation is the company. So, if you have a farm, uh, a ranch, and you ever need these services, pretty easy to get a hold of you. Yeah. So. Uh, tnhorsecremation.com is our okay. website. Okay. And um, you can, I'm number one Google search. Okay. Yep. And right. on Google reviews, you could see all my five star reviews. tnhorsecremation.com. Yes, sir. That's great. Thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was a really, that was a really, was awesome. really great conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That was cool. Kiss my cat.